This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, joined by Recruiting Analyst Hank South as we get you ready for a big weekend of Alabama Crimson Tide Athletics. Of course, spring practice getting underway later on this Friday. And of course, you've got the Alabama men's basketball team up in Indianapolis getting ready for first round action taking on the Gales of Iona Saturday afternoon up there at legendary Hinkle Fieldhouse. But Hank's on with us, and we're going to talk some recruiting. And Hank, sort of in the wake of this Emmanuel Henderson commitment from last weekend, understanding Robert Woodyard is already on board, a four-star linebacker from Mobile. And looking at the top 10 or so, I guess you could say, in-state prospects, for this 2022 class, wanted to ask you, let's talk about a potential ceiling and understanding still very early, still a lot of moving pieces to this class. Uh, but when you look at this in-state crop and we can kind of go down the list, which by the way, it looks like it's pretty heavy on the defensive side of the ball. Um, let's, let's get an idea of what we might be looking at when it comes to the, uh, the in-state guys with this class ultimately. Yeah, I, I think the ceiling is high. Uh, you know, this is particularly uh, a, a very strong in-state class. This class and 2023, um, especially when you kind of look at the top-heavy guys in 2023. But to stick on 2022, like you said, already two commitments within the top five rankings in the state. Emmanuel Henderson, the five-star running back, athlete from Hartford. And then you got Robert Woodyard, who was the first commitment in the 2022 class, um, who joined last summer. He's a, uh, a top 100 inside linebacker from Mobile. Um, but if you just stick right there at the top, number one, Jeremiah Alexander, uh, you know, he, he, he is a guy, I, I just said, um, Robert Woodyard was the first commit, but it was actually Jeremiah Alexander um, back in March of 2020. He reopened his recruitment um, from Alabama in October, um, but still a guy that has Bama right there in the mix. He, he put out a top six, I think on New Year's Day, um, Alabama in it, of course, uh, and a guy album continues to recruit pretty hard. You know, there's been a lot of buzz about Georgia, you know, being the team to beat for him since he's reopened his recruitment. Maybe that's, maybe that's true. Um, uh, but you know, I, I don't think he has any plans of, of ending his recruitment anytime soon. I, I think he's going to try to take official visits and see these schools in person because remember, you know, a lot of these guys have, have I mean, Jeremiah Alexander has taken visits, but a lot of these 2022 guys haven't really taken any visits anywhere um, or at least any, you know, serious visits. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's especially one that's hoping to do that. Then you got Henderson at two. Uh, another really elite talent at, at three is Curtis Perry who I think Bama is in a really good spot for at this point in time out of Montgomery park crossing, um, top 
top 100 defensive tackle. I think we have him at number 27 in the country, but the composite has him at number 64 in the country. Uh, regardless, I mean, just just a, a monster junior season. Uh, I think he had, I don't have his stats right in front of me, but like 157 tackles, like I think 58 tackles for a loss and sacks or something. So um he he's he's a guy that i could see certainly joining this class at some point in time and, and he's a national recruit too you know he, he's getting interest from all over you got woodyard at four um and then i'll just you know stick in the top five and we can move down eventually but traquan fegans is another interesting one he's a guy that you know it doesn't really seem like you know bama offered him last spring um out of oxford alabama he's a top 100 cornerback um got has great size 6'2, 180 um bama offered him but it, you know it didn't really seem like you know there was much momentum for for bam for maybe not much of a push at this point in time um and that you know up until last saturday you know he tweeted he had a conversation with nick saban uh we got on the phone with him this week and, and he said um uh, you know that was his first time talking to nick saban so perhaps you know bama's starting to kind of really uh you know put their foot on the gas in this recruitment and, and you know try to you know get in play for him because similar to jeremiah alexander it seems like georgia has some momentum for him he says georgia's recruiting him hardest at this point in time um but again he, he's he's a guy that's going to wait to take visits and, and certainly album is going to be in the picture but just in the top five right there um uh, you know you have five guys that could ultimately end up at alabama um, when all is said and done and then you get into the bottom half of that top five, Hank, and again, more defensive presence, it looks like, down through that list. And as I go through the database here for those guys, I see that script A next to a lot of these names. <laughs> but I guess it's still, for some of them, uh, somewhat early in the process. Obviously, they've been identified. That yeah. happened a while back. But as far as the decision to really make a push on some of these guys – and from their perspective, where they're at, and as far as making a decision uh, up in the air, I would guess, and more than a few of these cases. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Bama hasn't seen these guys in person um, in, in well over a year. You know, they, they, you, you can only you can see, you know, huddle and, and high school tape is great. You know, you can see uh, their playmaking ability, all that. But you also want to get them in person, kind of size them up, um, you know, like Nick Saban likes to do, put them through their workout on campus if they can. Um, and, and really go from there. And, you know, I, I don't question any of these guys having any trouble with that, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some of these guys need to maybe need to do that or have a little more time in the evaluation process. Um, you know, moving down beyond the top five, Justice Finkley, who's a guy that the Bama likes a lot. Freddie Roach has taken over that recruitment since Carl Scott left for the Vikings. Um, and, and I think Bama's, you know, right there in his top five out of Hewitt Trustville, um riley quick that's actually going to be an interesting one pierce quick's little brother there's a lot of buzz about auburn um kind of being the team to beat for that one and, and, and baseball is playing a, a um you know as a factor too for riley quick he wants to do both sports the next level bama hasn't offered him yet um but you know we'll, we'll see you know if they do or you know if they continue to kind of wait and, and, and see if auburn kind of really gets a hold of that driver's seat for riley quick um you know going forward shamar james who's um, just a big time athlete out of mobile. He's kind of blown up since, uh, since the fall we've been hearing about him since last spring. You know, there's been a lot of buzz about him in mobile out of faith Academy. He's actually recruited, uh, he's rated as an athlete, but he's recruited as an outside linebacker. Um, and, and Bama seems to be in a, a pretty good spot for him as well. I'm going to, I feel like I'm saying that for every guy. Um, you know, he, he, he said, uh, it was a dream come true. I think he, when we talked to him, when he got offered it, he said he was shocked that Bama offered and, 
you know, he has, uh, uh, um, obviously in-state ties and, you know, people in his camp that are very pro Bama. So that'll be one to watch TJ Dudley outside linebacker out of Montgomery. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that I, I think this season, this past season really influenced in terms of, you know, helping Bama. Um, the conversation around him has been Alabama, Auburn, Clemson for, you know, I, I feel like since last spring, that's kind of been the, the, the three teams most in play. And, and it seems like with Bama's season um, in 2020 and kind of what they did on the field, I think that really kind of, you know, potentially set them apart in his mind. He hasn't named a leader or anything, but just talking to him, I get the feeling that the Bama might have the edge for him. And then last but not least in that top 10, um, who's another Bama, Bama guy, um, Caden Story, younger brother of, of Christian Story. The, uh, Got some legacies and yeah. some siblings here, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a top 247 defensive end, uh, a little bit bigger than Christian. He's 6'4", 235, at least at last check that we have him. Um, still in that evaluation stage. Bama hasn't offered him yet, uh, but he's been in conversation with you know Charles Kelly, his area recruiter. And, of course, Charles Kelly has a very close relationship with the Story family. He, he, uh, he coached his dad at Jacksonville State. Um, and then of course recruited Christian as well. So that's a guy, you know, that they, they're very well aware of and could potentially offer down the line. But you know, that's, that's 10 guys within the state that could all end up at Alabama. If, you know, if Bama makes a push and, you know, things you know go their way. So safe to say at this point anyway, Hank, that you would project this Alabama class for 2022 going above the five in-state prospects that the 2021 class featured? Yeah, I, I have to think so. Just because you look at what's already there in that top 10 and then, you know, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes going into all the rest of the outside the top 10, but, you know, even guys like Amari Kelly, the the wide receiver out of Hewitt Trustville, Antonio Kite, who's kind of a, he, his stock's climbing out of uh, Aniston, the uh, defensive back out of Aniston, um, you know, and then, you know, other guys that could really kind of blow up in the evaluation process, you know, Jacoby Albert, um, Quinshawn Judkins. There's just a bunch of guys um, that, you know, you, yeah. you could uh, eventually, you know, earn a BIM offer, you know, earn a committable offer and and join the class. So, yeah, I, I think I think we're going above five, in my opinion. Yeah. Traquan Fagans, as you've mentioned earlier, and and as you just talked about, Antonio Kite, a couple of defensive back prospects from that Aniston Oxford area there in Northeast uh, Alabama. Let me ask you this. I thought it was interesting because we've talked quarterback dominoes a lot here on the podcast and certainly Ty Simpson a couple of weeks ago was a big one in that process. Not too long after we see Tanner Bailey, speaking of in-state prospects, uh, commit to the University of Oregon. Again, I guess that was just almost what you would expect once these quarterbacks start falling into place? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of, uh, you know, guys aren't going to wait around, especially that quarterback position. You know, if you have a spot, if, you know, you're being treated as a priority, um, you know, guys want to kind of lock in that spot and lock in that um, standing and, you know, become the focal point of the class and be the leader of the class. I, I know it was important for Ty Simpson, at least with Alabama, uh, you know, get that commitment out of the way, um, focus on, you know, getting ready for a senior season and also, you know, helping to build the class. Um, Tanner Bailey, I, I, you know, it, it was kind of funny those last couple of weeks before his commitment, you know, there was guys saying, you know, South Carolina was the favorite. And then there was some Mississippi state buzz, obviously with that, he's that he's a dual sport guy with baseball as well. Then he goes out to Eugene, Oregon on, I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday for a visit and, uh, commits that weekend. So, uh, recruiting is really funny sometimes, but, uh, yeah, we saw Tanner Bailey commit to Oregon, you know, Zach Pyron, um, the quarterback out of Pinson Valley. We saw him commit to Baylor. He took his own little self-guided visit out to Waco. So, um, seems like the quarterback do- dominoes are, are falling pretty quick. 
Yeah, I guess Joe Moorhead, a couple of years there at nearby Mississippi State as the head coach, and now out at the University of Oregon with Mario Cristobal. Uh, those relationships, man, you never know. You never yeah. know where they might take you in college athletics. Hey, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, more recruiting talk with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Back with more of BamaOnline.com's very own podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, joined by recruiting analyst Hank South. Hank, of course, longtime coverage for us there of BOL on the recruiting front. And as we get back into this, Hank, uh, five commitments uh, for Alabama for this 2022 football class. A uh, pair of five stars back to back now with Ty Simpson and Emmanuel Henderson. Uh, you kind of could see those coming on the horizon. Those guys established announcement dates and, you know, the vibe and the sort of uh, narrative leading up to them were, were favorable for Alabama. So with that, I'm going to ask you, is there another one or two prospects for 2022 out there on deck now that maybe we're, we're paying a little extra attention to in the in the near future yeah it, it'll be tough to say i, I think it's I, I think you know with with june and, and the summer looking like it could open back up for some form of visits uh, or camps um you know maybe bim is not pushing as hard for guys or you know i'm not going to say that because there are guys that can always commit but you know maybe guys um you know, they just kind of take a step back and, you know, just continue to recruit and do the virtual stuff this spring. And then, you know, see these guys in person really make their push in the summer. But of course, there's always guys that, you know, are top targets. Um, you know, Steve Wolfong's been covering um, a couple. He actually recently put in a couple crystal ball picks. And, uh, you know, I, I would agree with him that I think Bim is in a good spot on, on these guys. You know, a guy like Barry and Brown, who's a receiver out of Tennessee. Um, really, really impressive tape. He's a guy that uh, I forgot when Bama offered, but uh, it, it was fairly recent, kind of towards the new year. But um, I think Bama's in good position with him. You know, potentially, he's a guy that we could see. You know, become the first receiver in the class. Um, another, again, another guy, Elijah Pritchett, a top two four seven offensive tackle. He's a guy that uh, you know spoke highly of Bama recently in an interview with us, and seems to be uh, potentially trending to Bama at this point in time. I'm not sure, kind of, when he has a decision timeline set up for yet but um a guy to watch and then i think you know if you're always looking for guys that could commit next or, or guys you're looking at i, I think you know you stay staying within the state's always a safe move um those guys have the most exposure to the program you know have the most familiarity with it as you know as, as we're going along without as we're going along through this dead period so you know even a guy like curtis perry uh, you know he, he's saying he wants to take it the distance but sometimes those guys end up just committing because they get tired of the recruiting process um you know, Shamar James is a guy that I've, you know, he, he has said he kind of wants to make a decision not too late in the process. TJ Dudley. Um, so those are the guys we're kind of watching. Amari Kelly, um, 
you know, going forward. But as far as set decision dates, um, you know, there, there aren't any on the, in the foreseeable future that I can think of at this point. Yeah. And you kind of touched on it during the podcast. Uh, hopeful that perhaps uh, you'll see some, a return to some summer evaluations, whether it's in the form of camps from what we saw in previous years before 2020, I don't know, but there's at least, I guess, been some positive momentum towards the dead period finally coming to an end at the end of May, going into maybe more of a quiet period and perhaps even getting to the point in June where uh, in some form or fashion, you're able to get not only official visitors on campus because we've we've heard that talk for some 2022 guys, right? But also being able to evaluate uh, some of these guys that you still need to take a look at. Yeah, it, it seems like everything's moving in a positive direction for some semblance of, of normalcy on the recruiting front. Obviously, you know, you, I, I don't think you're going to see these you know, massive camps that we're usually that we're used to where, where guys just show up and, you know, massive visitors weekends where there's, you know, 80 kids on campus for, for a big game or, or something like that. Um, I, I think it'll be much smaller, but it'll be very significant in that, you know, they can actually get their eyes on guys and, you know, size them up and, and you know, check those critical factors box that Nick Saban always talks about um, if, the, you know, where they can. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been funny on, on Twitter the last week or so. You know, all the it's all about these trends, you know, like a, a school sees a, a kid tweet that he's taking an official visit to this school or he has a graphic for an official visit um, in June. And then, you know, I feel like every day you pull up Twitter and there's a kid, there's a, a, a school made graphic about their official visit June 4th through 6th. And it's like they're they're trying to lock these kids in for these visit dates because it's going to be uh, an all out war to, to get these kids on campus. I think it's going to be probably three weekends in June if, if you know, of, of course, if it passes in, in the dead period lifts. Um, so, you know, to get these guys on visit for their first visit, some of them their first visits ever um, to, to a school, which is crazy to say. Um, so, yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting to say. See, we've already seen um a couple guys have visits for Bama. Um, uh, Bobby Taylor, the Texas A&M cornerback commit. I, I forgot the exact date. I think it was the 11th through the 13th of June. Ty Simpson quote tweeted him, said, see you there. So you got to think maybe that's a week in Bama circling to uh, to maybe get some to official visitors in or just, you know, get visits in in some capacity, um, you know, if this thing lifts. Finally, as we get out of here, um, Got to talk about some Alabama men's basketball. Absolutely, with the NCAA tournament appearance for the Crimson Tide getting underway on Saturday afternoon up there in Indianapolis. And you did a really cool piece at BamaOnline.com earlier in the week, remembering Alabama basketball players as recruits. And Hank, if you haven't seen it, goes through essentially the entire roster and runs down each and every player. Uh, from a recruiting perspective, and it's fascinating. I think it really illustrates how far-reaching Nate Oates, Brian Hodson, Antoine Petway, this entire staff are in going about acquiring talent, whether it's junior college, whether it's uh, Canada, whether it's you know the traditional high school approach, uh, grad transfers like Jordan Bruner, traditional transfers like Javon Quinterly, just about every, every stream that you could, uh, fish out of Alabama has done it, uh, in the last couple of years under Nate O's, but really just the thinking back, Hank, in the 2017 class with both football and 
basketball. I mean, you talk about Tua Tagovailoa, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, um, Alex Leatherwood on the football side of things. And then you get into hoops, and oh, by the way, you bring in Colin Sexton, John Petty, uh, Herb Jones, just a third-team All-American and SEC Player of the Year. Uh, it, it's it's amazing to look back on. And again, you got to credit Avery Johnson too, yeah. previous regime, um, because that type of talent in to, to follow up both football and basketball. Uh, really interesting to see now. And you're happy for guys like Herb Jones and Petty and Reese that really stood through this stuff and. You know their legacies are going to be uh, cemented here coming up in the next week or so. Yeah, it was really fun to to go through that because you know we we obviously have a, a major focus on football recruiting on, on Bama Online, but obviously you know we 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 like to to cover basketball as well. And you know you kind of forget about these recruitments a lot of the times, especially you know when when John Petty and and Herb Jones are committing like five years ago, <laughs> you kind of, you forget about like what that was like at the time or like covering the recruitment, covering their visits. But yeah, to kind of go back and, and, and see, you know, why they picked or, or who they picked over, you know, like John Petty picked Alabama over Kentucky, you know, some of these guys are picking Alabama over these major programs. Then even last spring, it was like really nostalgic, uh, <laughs> thinking of the, the beginning of COVID and that, that huge, uh, uh, not nostalgic really in a good way, I should say, but you know, thinking of that huge basketball run, um, they had on the recruiting trail when everything kind of shut down, you know, we saw Jordan Bruner commit, we saw Keon Ellis commit, Darius miles commit. I'm kind of getting outside of the 2017 class, but, um, no, yeah, it was, it was really fascinating to see. And it, that is really interesting that you bring up kind of both legacies, you know, we'll see how this tournament run goes, but certainly if it's a deep run, it'll be on, you know, the backs of, uh, Herb Jones and, and John Petty, um, with, with this team and, and, and their leadership and, you know, what the, what they bring to the table. That 2017 basketball recruiting class, Obviously, Colin Sexton was your top guy as a five-star and a top-five player nationally. Petty was a top 35. Alex Reese, a top 100. Herb Jones, number 148 nationally back in 2017. And even Galen Smith, there's a storyline potentially there with him. He is now at the University of Maryland, and Alabama beats Iona. Maryland beats UConn in that first-round matchup. Alabama would see Galen Smith and the Maryland Terrapins in round two. Always plenty of storylines when you get to the month of March. Well, Hank, as always, appreciate your help here on the podcast. Always great stuff from Hank South right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Hey, if you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online podcast? It's simple. It's free. Just a click or two. And you're going to have each and every one of these podcasts hand-delivered to your mobile device, however you consume podcasts, you're going to be able to get us with the BOL podcast. Thanks, Hank. For sure. Thanks, Travis. For Hank South, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us right here on the Bama Online Podcast. We'll talk to you again real soon. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search 
The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.